0: Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Thank you. Thank you so much for for praying. Your prayers are super, super powerful, and um, we really do appreciate. I just want to draw your attention to the, the prophetic painting that Tim did for us today. Uh, again, just another uh, astounding and exquisite painting here. And he's, he's drawing the contrast between earthly structures, authorities, governments, what they can do and what God's intervention can do. And so the the passage from Numbers chapter 11, it's where, where God sends quail to feed an entire nation out of nothing and out of nowhere God intervenes and He provides for millions of people in the wilderness. And Moses kind of like, God, you said you're gonna do this. How's this possible? God says, sit back, but have a look. Because I can do this. And sometimes we, we look to, to earthly structures, government structures, to take care of needs. To to quell the virus. We're asking them to do something which they cannot do. So our faith and our trust and our hope is not in the systems of this world, or even in the authorities of this world. Our hope and our trust is in the Lord. Yeah? And so God is able to supply whatever we have need of. I'm reminded also of Elijah where the ravens came and fed him. Yeah? God is able to provide for us no matter what happens. So even if the the legislation turns out unfavorable from our point of view, not a problem. God is bigger than the law. All right? And so we don't come down into a place of, of fear or anxiety thinking that God can only move when they're favorable circumstances. God shows himself to be most powerful when everything's working against him. It's gonna be okay. Quail, ravens, we don't mind. His help, His assistance is on the way. All right? Now obviously we we pray into things because we want to see things on the earth resembling more and more in increasing measure the government of heaven. That's why we pray on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So there's good reason for us to be praying in these ways and to be uh, working for shift and change in our nation, right? But even if we don't get the advances that we want to get now, we haven't lost the war. We read the end of the book and we've come to the conclusion, he wins and because we are in him, we also win. That's why it's called a win-win situation. Are you okay? So, our best days lie ahead of us. He gave us a little bit of a heads up. You see, that's the whole thing of being a prophetic company of people is that God continues to speak. And he continues to reveal his heart and his mind And he sometimes pulls back the curtain and we can see what is around the corner even before we get there. He pulled the curtain back about 18 months ago, nearly two years ago. He pulled the curtain back and he said, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. In order that the unshakable kingdom of God would stand and be revealed so we know that the systems of this world will eventually collapse and fall. This is how, you know, how it's going to be. Because anything that's established on man's wisdom cannot compare to his wisdom. And when people put their trust in earthly systems, God's got to give it a little bit of a shake... So we can, oh, we were looking into the wrong direction. Lord, we've got to look to you. Amen. We need some quail. Instead of McDonald's. Amen. Yeah? Now, I'm not trying to have a, a, you know, a go at McDonald's. But when we look to the world system, it seems to provide something of a solution and an answer. But in the end... It's not the most healthy. God's got a far better solution. We also know that we're in the middle of major shakings on the planet. These are great days to be alive. The rise and fall of powers and nations, we're living through it right now. And so the financial systems now Are being shaken. And things have shifted and changed even in the last month. And we're headed in completely new territory from where we've been in the past, never to go back to where we were. It's going to be okay. So we're in peace. Because it doesn't matter what the storm is. He's not just in the boat, he's inside of us. So even if there's all kinds of changes and you know, wind and waves and, and whatever, it's going to be okay. We're just recognizing that there are uh, tides and times in the affairs of men. And things are moving. So not everybody is going to be buying oil in barrels priced in dollars in the future. Not just in the future, it's already happened. It's happening. The point is that things are shifting and changing and they're doing so very quickly. Extremely quickly. Things we talk with, things we thought would take a long time, or just in a matter of weeks, sometimes in a weekend. Ne? Shift and change in a weekend. Okay. So we don't have to live in fear or panic or any of those things just to recognize we're in a changing world. And God is sovereign over all. So when we come into his presence, we gain understanding. We were talking about that earlier in the service, right? So we we are transformed when you gaze on Him. Things shift and change in our hearts and our minds. This happened to David. He was that guy who looked after sheep, played musical instrument, wrote a bit of poetry, killed a couple of well, killed a giant, killed a whole bunch of Philistines. You remember that guy? He was perplexed, he kind of like, wow, look at the ungodly, look at the wealthy, look at all this stuff, and they're wicked, and they seem to prosper, what's going on? And he was really disturbed about this. He said, and then I came into your presence, and then I understood Understanding comes when we look to the Lord and we allow the Holy Spirit to give us insight and understanding. So it doesn't matter about what's happening on the global scene. God's got us. That's why we live in peace. But it's useful for us to know, like the sons of Issachar, the signs of the times that we should know what to do in them. Okay. Amen. Magnificent. So let's keep praying for our nation. Let's pray for um, the regulations that are being proposed. And let's pray that the Lord would continue to raise up men and women of righteousness, integrity. An intellect, particularly in the legal field, that would represent the thoughts, the views of the people of God. We do want to be known as super spreaders, but super spreaders of the gospel, not a diseased bunch. Come on. All right. So, would you turn with me, please, to Acts chapter 4. We're going to have a fun time in the Word this morning. Are you good? Good, good, good. All right. So, last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this thing of the, the intersection of of the miraculous, of healing crashing into this world and changing and shifting paradigms. What's a paradigm? It's a mindset and it's a way of viewing the world. So we have mindsets and and so when God breaks into our world, he changes the way we think. So a few weeks ago we looked in John chapter 9 where Jesus came crashing in to a theological position which was this guy who's blind and he's been blind since birth, it's because either he sinned in the womb or his parents sinned. That was the prevailing view of the day. This guy was cursed. And so we join God in cursing this guy because there must be something terribly wrong with him. He did something unforgivable, that's why he's blind. And so we join with God and we spit as a sign of contempt and cursing and judgment on this guy who's blind. That's what, that was the prevailing thought of the day. So what does Jesus do? He says, no, 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 guys, this guy is not blind Because of that, this situation is a complete setup for the glory of God to be seen. And then he takes spit. The very thing that had been used to curse and condemn, he then spits into the ground to redeem this guy and the situation. And so the miraculous comes in and it comprehensively breaks through false mindsets, ungodly mindsets. The miraculous brings about a shift and a change. The change is so profound that people can't recognize, is this the same guy? We don't know. Call his parents. We need an ID parade. Because the people come like, We don't know. Is this the guy who was blind? I mean, since birth? We don't know. Because it was such a profound shift and a change. The parents fortunately owned up and said, yep, he's ours. How he's come to see? (laughs) You ask him. They were playing the politically correct game. Shame. But it shows you, even when the miraculous breaks in, Not everybody's able to fully accept and embrace the supernatural, appreciate it, and recognize that God is at work. It happened in Bible times. It happens in our times. Hmm. Not everybody loves when God breaks into this world. Hmm. Okay, but you know, God's bigger than people's thinking. So now we get the situation in Acts chapter two and into, sorry, Acts chapter three and into Acts chapter four, where Peter and John They're going up to pray. It's three o'clock in the afternoon, and they're there, and this guy says, Hey, how's it? And Peter and John kind of like, Hey, look at us. We have not got money for you. We've got something far better and rise. And the guy is instantly healed. His feet, his ankles are instantly straightened out, strengthened, and they lift him to his feet And he immediately, not only can he walk, but he begins to jump and dance around and he's praising God. Mm. I wish the Lord would do that miracle more often in church on a Sunday morning. That when we say it's time to praise the Lord, ankles and feet would be so strengthened instantaneously that people would jump up and dance and praise the Lord. So, here we are in Acts chapter 4. Starting at the beginning of the chapter. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. We're going to see now, we're going to, go back a couple of paragraphs we're going to see why the sadducees were so disturbed as we mentioned last week the sadducees did not believe in the resurrection that's why they were sad you see that's okay, so how we can remember them the sadducees they didn't believe in the supernatural crashing in they didn't believe in the resurrection Okay. And so now Peter and John, they're attributing the miracle of this guy. We see from the end of Acts chapter 4 that this guy is over 40 years old and he's been crippled since birth. So a whole generation has witnessed and seen something and now something new is breaking out. Mm. And so this guy is now standing there, and they can't deny, because they can see that he's there, and the explanation to this miracle is that it's the power of Jesus, who was dead, but has been raised from the dead, been resurrected, that's why this guy is standing here. And the Sadducees are having a massive mental breakdown because everything that they've believed and they have taught, everything they've cherished, the evidence in front of them is convicting them, confronting them. And sometimes you want to get rid of the evidence that doesn't agree with your preconceived idea. We've not heard anything of that over the last two years. Of course not. The same kinds of things take place when the supernatural breaks into this world. People have a hard time opening up their hearts and their minds that this could be God. And then the implications of the message that comes with the sign of the miracle. So the title of the message is that miracles are signs that preach. Because a sign always points to something It's pointing to, and it's preaching, it's giving a message. That miraculous sign is giving a message pointing to the Messiah. Pointing to the healer. Pointing to the fact that if Jesus is the Messiah, we need to live our lives in a very particular way. In the light of that truth. The Sadducees were very unhappy because their paradigm had been confronted. Okay. Verse 3. So they seized Peter and John because it was evening. and They put them in jail until the next day. The reason they did this, they said it was evening. So Remember in the beginning of chapter 3, we saw this last week, that it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon that Peter and John, was the time of prayer, they go to pray. The temple, there was the evening sacrifice, about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they would actually shut shop for the day. So there would be the end of all the activities in the temple precinct, and they would close the temple gates and so on. So it would be about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Not only that, but if there were life and death Situations if there were major legal things that needed to be decided by the Sanhedrin. Now, the Sanhedrin was the collection of all of the big wigs in the religious arena of the day. Okay, so you've got the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the Sadducees. You've got the high priests, all of these gang. All right, They cannot, if there's not enough time for them to be able to make a major sort of life-changing decision, they hold it over to the next day. So these guys recognize that, Houston, we have a problem. We don't know how to resolve this thing. I tell you what, we don't have enough time to fix it. So tell you what, keep them in jail overnight. We'll come back in the morning and, and we'll carry on. So that's what was going on here. Verse 4, but many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Wow. Okay, it says the men. Okay, because in the culture of the day, only the men were those who could, could vote, who had legal rights, uh, could inherit property, this kind of thing. And so that's why they counted the, the men. And... Uh, By this stage, we're at 5,000. Remember a couple of chapters earlier, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 get baptized. That's amazing. So now we're seeing the growth, the advance, the spread of the gospel and of the kingdom. Now, just remember, as we read through the book of Acts, the whole story... The 28 chapters, it unfolds over a period of about 25, 30, maybe 35 years. Some of that kind of span, depending on, you know, different scholars and and whatever. It didn't happen just in a matter of weeks. I mean, think about it. One of Paul's missionary journeys was about three and a half years. Okay? So, clearly, the book covers a number of decades. Okay? Okay? So we read now, we're in chapter 3 and we're going to chapter 4 and we think, oh, it was just the day after Pentecost. No, this is quite a considerable period of time that the church has managed to grow from 3,000 to 5,000. Are we together? Okay. So things are moving, the church is growing, and, and God is continuing to do signs and wonders and He's breaking into the the religious thinking of the day, and he's confronting people with miracles. Come on, you know where I'm going with this. There's a lot of religious thinking in our day, and we are getting ourselves ready for supernatural intervention to break into the thinking of this day. You see, religion is man's attempt to organize everything, particularly in Relation to worship of God. But it's man-made rules, regulations, putting in order and structure. The world has got systems, man-made systems, to try and structure everything and organize things. But you know what? God's come to overthrow these systems so that his government ultimately would prevail. Daniel interpreted the most amazing dream about this rock that's not cut with human hands. It comes from heaven and it smashes the feet of this enormous statue. and describes the statue. Head of gold and a chest of silver and then fine legs of, of bronze and clay. And speaks of the different empires the rise and fall of empires and how the kingdom comes that rock comes and it smashes at the feet of mixture of iron and clay speaking of the Roman Empire and the kingdom of God Jesus the rock comes from heaven and he smashes and breaks up if you like and destroys the kingdoms of this world And the dream goes on and the rock just grows, expands, enlarges until it fills the whole earth. So we have an expectation that the kingdom of God is going to continue to grow and expand. So we're not content just to, you know, me in my small corner and you in yours. Okay, some of you already triggered, you know what I'm saying. You see, when I was about this high, I went to a Bible uh, 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 Sunday school. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Anybody heard that little chorus? You in your small corner and I in mine. That's a religious mindset that we are just gonna hide in a little corner until Jesus comes back. Wrong, wrong, wrong. He's not coming for a few people hiding in a corner. He's coming for a glorious, triumphant, overcoming kingdom. Mm. Okay, so here we are back in Acts chapter 3. Pick it up from verse 11. This is after the miracles happened. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and they came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Okay, again, it's God's power. It's not a man's power. Please, body of Christ, let us not put somebody on a pedestal as though it's their great power or godliness that is causing the miraculous to occur. And let's stop throwing money at these people who are charlatans. Our weekend newspapers are again filled with the absolute travesty of some wolf in sheep's clothing who has stolen millions And his head back to the nation of his birth. This is despicable. Come on, body of Christ. It's not by our own power or godliness. Verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he, Pilate, had decided to let him, Jesus, go. You disowned the Holy and the Righteous One, and you asked that a murderer, Barabbas, be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Can you see why the Sadducees were upset? Okay? By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see, and no was made strong. Wow. In other words, the people knew this beggar because he'd been there at the gate called Beautiful for over 40 years. He'd been begging from them. Each time they would go up for worship, prayers, whatever it was, they would have to pass this guy. They knew this guy. They recognized him. They could not deny This was right in their face. Hallelujah. Let's be trusting the Lord for major interventions where God's power confronts people in situations that they know and they know it is impossible but God. Come on. These are the days of wonder. These are the days of his glory. These are the days of the miraculous breaking out in our world, in our society. And so we continue to trust the Lord for these things. And we look to partner with him because you know what? We could be the next Peter or John. Look, I could be the next John. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. Gosh, what a profound heart that Peter has as he's talking to these people. Because this is Peter who'd walked with Jesus for three, three and a half years, close to Jesus, and to see Jesus, his best friend, go through all the trauma of the cross, and to not be bitter Come on, when somebody we know goes through a tough time, it's so easy for us to identify with their difficulty that we join them in the grudge against the perpetrator. But Peter, he doesn't hold a grudge because he remembers the words of Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. They're acting in ignorance. Your boss at work, sometimes you think he might be impersonating the devil. Hmm? Your difficult neighbor, Maybe there's a relative. You wish they were distant, but they're a little too close. There's some person in your circle in your life that is giving you major grief. They're acting in ignorance because they don't yet know. And Peter is saying, hey, you? It's like, hey, you people. They were his people. They weren't just you people, they were his people. Why? Because this is in Jerusalem. And even though this is some time down the track from when The crucifixion had taken place, maybe it's many months, maybe it's a couple of years, we don't know exactly. But they would have been, many of them would have been part of the crowd, crying, shouting, screaming, crucify, 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 we want Barabbas, we want Barabbas. they would have been part of that. In a sense, his blood was on their hands. They needed that blood to be on their hearts. They acted in ignorance. They persecuted. They were against the people of the way. Sometimes some of the people that we're bumping into, they're giving us a hard time, is because they're acting in ignorance. But God has got some supernatural, miraculous encounters in store to help them change their paradigms. How can this be? We know this guy. He's been crippled since birth. Yes. It's so that the glory of God can be revealed. That people can encounter his glory. It's the mercy of God. He's breaking into this world right now with signs and wonders, with miraculous interventions. Because he wants to grab a hold of people who are acting in ignorance. Yay. All right. Let's see if we can bring this message to some kind of a conclusion here. You do believe in miracles, don't you? <laughs> but this was how God fulfilled verse 18. This is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So there's a turning that's taking place in all of the hardship and the difficulty and the things that we're confronted with on the planet right now. Not just in our nation and all of the upheavals that we have been going through and that we will go through. I don't have to be a prophet to let you know that we're going to be going through some major upheavals this year. I don't have to prophesy that not everybody's happy about certain court cases that are going to be held this year. And I don't have to prophesy to you that some of the people are going to be so upset that they're going to let their frustration, their disagreement be seen. So I don't have to prophesy that we're going to go through some difficult times in this year. And I don't have to prophesy that on the planet we're going to go through some very interesting and challenging times with supply of fuel and food. we're gonna go through some testing and challenging times. Praise the Lord. Why? Quail and ravens. A lot of people acting in ignorance and sometimes, you know, God's just gotta shake them. Hmm? Like, they just got to change the way they think, sometimes got to change the way they speak. You know, Will just help the rock, just, Chris, don't say that. Just little wake-up slap. Shook him a bit. Was that too cryptic? God sometimes has got to slap us on the side of the head just to wake us up. Because we're, we're about to go off a cliff. Humanity going off a cliff. And he's kind of like, hey, stop man. Have a look, see what you're doing, what you're saying, what's going on. And he's grabbing hold of people's attention. And sometimes it's through some shaking. And the world is going through some shaking at the moment. Why? Because God wants to get hold of people's attention. Not because he wants to judge them, it's because he wants to save them. And so the miraculous signs and wonders are going to be breaking into this world where people, there's no way forward. And the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way, the way maker, he's going to make a way. And that way is going to be like a sign pointing to the one who is the way. So if things get a little uncomfortable, don't worry. He's got us. It's going to be okay. For the sake of other people being shaken awake, we gladly and willingly will go through the same shakings. Because you know, he had to shake us at one point, get hold of our attention. All right. So, let's give others the opportunity to be shaken awake. A great awakening. Yay. Amen, amen, amen.